the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Hello, we're so glad that you joined us today. This is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. We believe that this teaching from God's Word will empower you to live a full, impactful life in Christ. As always, you can access this teaching and more for free on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. Let's get into the Word. Now, in chapter 14 of Exodus, the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea. Um, then after that, in uh, chapter 15, God turned the bitter water sweet. In chapter 16, manna, or bread, came down from heaven. In 17, water came out of a rock. Then by chapter 19, the people of Israel finally reached Mount Sinai. And then from that point on, Moses began to go up and down, up and down the mountain. But one trip took a little bit too long. Let's pick up in Exodus 32 and verse 1. Now, when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, one of the greatest tests of spiritual maturity is holding on despite delays. It's keeping your fire burning and plowing a straight line, even when your timeline has been busted and your dreams have been deferred. It's, it's moments like that that separate the, the, the boys from the men and, and the girls from the women. How many of you in this room, maybe live streaming, you have some walls that by now you thought would have fallen down? Yeah, yeah. All of us will find ourselves in this situation at one point or another, but I want to say something to you. Sometimes the delay can be as much uh, of God's will as the final answer. So the people here are kind of like a sheep without a shepherd because Moses is taking too long. And I know sometimes with me when I'm trying to hear from God, I don't always hear from God at everybody else's convenience. And sometimes I know people can grow impatient and they want direction, they want clarity. Uh, but, but, you know, God, God is not a microwave God. And sometimes, you know, it takes a, a, a little bit of waiting and takes a little bit of uh, uh, just worshiping and waiting, as the Bible said, before the Lord. So, so the people began to gather around Aaron. You see, whenever you have more than one person involved, leadership is needed. But what we're about to find out from Aaron, and we're not going to study all of this today, 
But Aaron, I mean, if you look up weak leader in the Bible, Aaron's picture is going to pop up. You see, good leadership is not just drawing a crowd. It includes the strength to sometimes say no. And they came to Aaron. By the way, Aaron was anointed. Uh, You know, he, he was used mightily by God, but Aaron was weak. And they said to Aaron, come make us gods. You see, the issue is God didn't do everything they wanted, when they wanted, as they wanted. So they found a leader weak enough to let them manufacture a new God for them. I think it was Dr. King who who said, strong leaders don't search for consensus. They make it, they mold it, they shape it. So they, they went to Aaron Aaron gets a little bit better as, when he gets older. That's why we got to put up with people till they grow. But make us gods that shall go before us. They wanted a God that would be more sensitive to their cultural moment. They wanted a God that would be more sensitive to their desires, their wishes and aspirations and perhaps even their comforts. Make us gods that will go before us. For as for this, this, Moses, the use of the demonstrative pronoun here lets us know that the people were showing contempt. You know, I call my wife my wife, but when I start calling her this woman, you know there's some problems (laughs) in paradise. So... They began to blame their leader. They began to blame Moses. They began to blame the church for the obedience that God required from them. But here's what I've learned in life. Whenever we too quickly blame others, we limit our ability to examine ourselves and and forfeit opportunities for personal growth. So they're mad at Moses, and now he's this Moses, Not, not the prophet, not the miracle worker, not the hero of faith. Merely the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt. How quickly they forgot the ten plagues. How quickly they forgot the Red Sea and every other miracle that we already discuss. In the absence of only about a month and a half, maybe just a little bit under six weeks, in their minds and hearts, they changed one of the greatest men in history into just the man who brought us out. A son was, was growing a little older and got a little bit cocky. And uh, he said to his dad, Dad, you're getting old and you're becoming irrelevant. The dad answered, I may not be everybody's father, but I've always been yours. How quickly sometimes we forget. And then they added, they said, we don't know what has become of Moses. Just because you can imagine the worst doesn't mean you should. So because of the leader's absence and because of delay, and what we do in times of delay really, really shows our spiritual metal. That when Moses came down from the mountain, he sees the people doing debaucherous things around this golden calf And when he heard the music and the dancing and 
the singing that had nothing to do with Yehovah or Yahweh, whatever you, however you want to pronounce it, he lost it. He broke the tablets. When we read the, the text, we actually find 3,000 died. Uh, a new idol is created whenever we try to replace God with something that is not. Whenever we try to make God into an image that's more acceptable to us, that's more relatable to us, but is not actually the image of God, you have created an idol. Now we can pick up the story in Exodus 33 and verse 1. After all that transpired, God is gracious and God is merciful, and he still moves them on from their place of mistake. Now the Lord said to Moses, depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, to your descendants I shall give it, or I shall give this land. So we already see that they had messed up on their journey. How many know all of us are going to mess up uh, on our journey at some point? But God didn't bring them this far to leave them. And God didn't bring you this far to leave you. That's important. God keeps his commitments even when we don't. He's that type of God. So if you mess up, repent, make it right, and just keep it moving. And then God says... And I will send my angel before you, and I will do like I promised, drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Anybody got any ites in your life? Yeah. But what I want you to see here, God was willing to forgive them and still give them the promise of the promised land, but he was still realistic about the condition of their hearts in this next verse. And this is important. Our sins always make our lives harder than it needs to be. And you'll see that in a moment. So say, look, I'm going to keep the promise, even though y'all are a little bit sideways right now. And I'm a little bit ahead of myself, but a lot of folks would settle for that. Look, all I want is what you have for me, but I'm not really super interested in you. He said, go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. But watch this. But I will not go up in your midst. Now, how could he say that? Because God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time all the time. But the Bible speaks of God's presence in two ways. The first way, yeah, he's, he's everywhere all the time. He's omnipresent. But then there's also something the theologians call the manifest presence of God. This is moments, or these are moments when God can be sensed and God can be experienced. And this is what actually David was talking about in Psalms 51 and verse 1. He messed up with Bathsheba, but I want you to hear the cry of his heart. He said, don't cast me from your presence. Yeah. Now, this is why he was, he was a man after God's own heart. Now, Bathsheba was a mistake, but he still had a cry after God's heart. And he said, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. 
He's saying, Lord, take whatever you want. But whatever you do, don't take your spirit from me. Lord, don't, don't take your presence from me. God, take my car. Take my house. Take, take my job. Take my friends. Take, take that situation, this situation. But Lord, I can live with a, a lot of things, but I can't live without your presence. But God looked at Moses. He said, man, listen, if I get too close to these people, they're going to make me do some things. So he said, I will not go up in your midst lest I consume you on the way. This is important. Things that happen in God's manifest presence are not identical to the things that happen in or due to his omnipresence. I'm going to give you an example. One of the reasons I sent both of my sons away to school, you know, others of you go into the military, maybe you go to aunt and uncle or somewhere else, is that after 18 years of teaching them everything that I could, and again, for others it might be 22, 24, you know your child's maturity, I preferred to be reachable only by phone. You see, if I was present, I would see stuff I couldn't be quiet about. And they could not mature and develop and grow the way they should. And sometimes, by the way, that's why God seems so far away. Because if he showed up and manifest, there'd be some issues. So he allows us seasons of growth where he's at a distance. He said, I'm not going to go up in your midst, manifest as the pillar and the cloud, lest I knock you out. Okay, that's not what it says. Lest, lest I consume you on the way. Not because God was unkind, not because God was unloving, but because they were so stubborn. He explains, because you are a stiff-necked people. They did not listen. And if God was manifest, he'd have no choice but to show them how he felt about the decisions they were making. And when the people heard the bad news, and it is bad news when you can't be in the manifest presence of God, they began to mourn. And no one put on their ornaments, the Bible calls them. No bracelets, no gold chains, no uh, armless, no rings. No one got a new tattoo that particular day. But when you're really sorry, it isn't just felt on the inside. It shows up on the outside. Skip to verse 7. So Moses took his tent. Now, God said, I'll not be in the midst of the people. So Moses is a thinking man. He said, well, then I'll take my tent outside of the midst of the people. So I can still be with my God. So Moses took his tent and pissed it, watch this, outside the camp. This is important. If you really, really want to seek the Lord, you got to find your, a way to separate from all the busyness, all, all the hustle and bustle. You, you, you got to pull away. See, see, see there, there are times I used to wonder, okay, I'm telling you, honey, but my wife, I'm watching a TV show and she started talking right in the middle. <laughs> But she's a woman. She's trying to test. Am I more interested in the show or her? So 
So God at times wants to know, are you more interested with the stuff going on in your life or him? So he wants to interrupt you to pull you out of what you're doing in order to do what's, okay, most important. But what, what, what's the, the next? It already said outside the camp, but when the Bible repeats itself, because the Bible could be only so long, so if it's repeating itself, it's really important. Then it says, far from the camp. You can't do big things distracted by small things. And sometimes you got to get away. And called it, actually, his tent, the tabernacle of meeting. So they hadn't built the tabernacle. God had showed him on the mountain. That was going to take time. So he used his own tent in the interim. And you can use your room to get away. Turn off your phone. You know, you, you, you turn off the TV. You can, you, you can use your room to, 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 to seek the Lord. Jeremiah 29 and 13 says, you will seek me. It's a promise. And you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. My challenge at times... It's I'm busy. I'm often preoccupied. And I'll give God a piece of my heart. I'll try to squeeze in a conversation. But some conversations, I mean, you got you to gotta square up. You got to kind of sit down. You got to think it through. And you got to talk until it's done. And I find with myself, now I could have said this about you, but I'm going to pick on me. That sometimes I pray, but it's not a wholehearted prayer. And it's only those wholehearted prayers that God promises to answer. Meaning some things can't be done on the fly. You're going to have to pull aside and get with God. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord, watch this, not everybody, but everyone who sought the Lord, that's the qualifier, went out to Moses' tent or the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. You see, those who are seeking the Lord will gravitate toward others who are doing the same. It's just the way people are. And this is one of the reasons why I don't worry so much like I used to as a younger guy about church growth. Because I've learned the hungry will come. John Wesley, he, he, he said it this way. And it's helped me for a lot of years. He said, light yourself on fire with passion for God. And people will come from miles to watch you burn. So it was... Whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people would stand and salute him and and honor him and show him respect. Each man would stand at his tent door. But watch this. And watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. If you're going to lead, you must be willing to be watched. Sure. People will scrutinize. Sure, people will criticize. But a real leader who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. We will always gain so much more respect by what we do than what we say. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle or his own tent that the, pres- the presence of God that wouldn't be with the people anymore showed up in his home. So what might be happening in the nation, what might be happening in your neighborhood, in the church, or in the schools, doesn't mean God can't show up in your house. The pillar descended, and, and the pillar and the cloud were the sign of God's presence at that time. And the Lord talked with Moses. 
So we don't just get into God's presence to feel a couple goosebumps. We get into his presence so we can have a conversation, so, so we can hear from God. Now, God said that he would not be in the midst of the people. But, but here's the deal. If you're looking for an excuse, you'll always find one. But if you're looking for an opportunity, you'll find that too. Stay with me. As I said, God said, I'll not be with the people, but he didn't say, I won't be with you, Moses. So even when the church is not on fire, God can be a pillar of fire in my life, in my situation, my circumstance. If I'm looking for an excuse, I'll blame my setting. If I'm looking for an opportunity, I'll find my knees. Verse 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, Moses' prayer life was, was, was powerful. He said, Lord, you say to me, bring up this people. Moses is about to have a no-holds-barred conversation with God. And sometimes we got to be less religious and more honest in our conversation with God. Some conversations with God are not pretty. If If you listen to Jeremiah, listen to Job, listen to the things they said to God. And, and, you know, God doesn't want to talk like I said to you many times before. He wants to talk to you, not not your older ego. He doesn't want to talk to who you think you are. He wants to talk to you who you really are. And sometimes those types of conversations can be a little bit embarrassing. Because you'd be like, I thought I was better than that. I thought I grew beyond that. But, but, but here, we see that despite all the miracles, I mean, he met God in a burning bush. Despite all the things that God had, had done... We see that Moses had some issues with God. And since we're clay and we're earth and God is God, we're not always going to agree. We're not always going to understand. If you always understand God, you must be Jesus. But even with that, when it came to, to, to Calvary, the master said, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Even Jesus was looking for a way to do things differently than the father had in mind. Then Moses said to the Lord, see, you you, you say to me, bring up this people. And Moses like, listen, God, you called me. I was on the backside of the desert. I I, I married this Ethiopian woman. I'm not talking about you. (laughs) I married this woman. You know, hanging out with Jeffro, I'm, 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 I'm tending the sheep, minding my business, made peace with the fact I'm not in Pharaoh's house anymore, made peace with the fact Egypt, Egypt is behind me, and you showed up in the burning bush. So Lord, don't act as if this problem you're having with the people is only my problem. So, so you hear the level of a little bit of frustration going on in, in, in the life and the heart of, of Moses. This is, by the way, why, why, one of the reasons we dedicate our children. Because when my, my kids go sideways, or in the past, when they were young, they're not perfect now, but when they were young, <laughs> like, Lord, you came in that child. I mean, a million little things. Okay, I'm not going to say that. This, uh, okay. Uh, the DNA that combined, I'm going to stop. Just, you, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it was one in a million chance. And you... 
sovereignly, providentially managed that chance. So that big-headed child, it's first yours. You gave him to me. So Lord, you give me the grace to handle that child. I don't know who I'm speaking to right now, but if God gave it to you, he'll give you the grace to handle it. Okay. <laughs> and then Moses kind of goes in more. It's like, you know, but you've not let me know who you sent with me. You said the angel's going to go with me, but uh, what's that about? Then you, you go on, you say you're, you're going to, you know, you're going to send an angel, but then you're not specific about, you know, which one or all that. And, and yet you say you know my name. You, you, you act like we're intimate. You act like we're friends. You, you act like you're closer to me than anyone in Israel. You, 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 yet you said I know your name and, and that I have also found grace in, in your sight. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, Noah found grace in your sight. That, he built him an ark and, and he saved the world. I mean, you're, you're acting like me and you are so close, so tight. But, 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 but Lord, um, Sometimes you speak in such generalities, I feel like I need to hire a lawyer to really understand exactly what you're saying. And he's a little bit frustrated. Already we're going to this land that I'll show you. He's never been in the land and he don't have a map of the land. Just everything is so general and it's like, Lord, we're supposed to be close. And would you please get specific? Then he said, now therefore I pray, if it's true that I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you. And then I might truly, in a way that I understand, find grace in your sight. God, listen, you're frustrating to me. God, God, I, I need to better understand you. I need to understand how you think. I need to understand your ways. If I'm really your man, God, show me your heart. This has been Live Big with Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Join us next time as we continue this teaching. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at gracechurchva.tv. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.